1: Now when Adam and Eve chose to sin against God, in effect they were declaring war against God. Today on Study Verse by Verse from Church of the Highlands
0: in San Bruno, Pastor Leighton Sheely is continuing in the book of Colossians talking about the relationship between God, His Son Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit,
1: and their relationship with us. But God did not declare war against them. Instead, God promised a Savior through the seed of the woman and a plan for reconciliation. It all dovetails, doesn't
0: it, with that marvelous understanding from John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, you know the rest of it, don't you? I'm Mike Trout. This is Study Verse by Verse, a broadcast outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno on the web at highlands.us. And Pastor Layton picks up in the book of Colossians in chapter
1: 1, the 20th verse. And through him, Christ, to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of His cross. So the goal, the purpose, the reason of His coming was reconciliation. He came to heal the chasm that sin had caused between man and God. The initiative for reconciliation was with God. The scriptures never speak of God being reconciled to men, but always men being reconciled to God. That God's attitude towards men has always been love and nothing else. And this counters another false teaching that some of us may have been exposed to that suggests that God the Father is the judge just waiting to drop the hammer and Jesus somehow or other gets him to change his mind. That's not a picture we get from the scripture. From the scripture we know that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit has loved man and been for reconciliation from the very beginning. The reconciliation was accomplished through Christ through the blood of His cross. Reconciliation. We know what that means because we oftentimes use it to describe situations like, say for instance, a couple. They've, they've had a problem, they've had an argument, they're at enmity with each other, and then something changes, the heart changes, and they come back into good relationship with one another. And We call that a reconciliation. A reconciliation. Reconciliation means the reestablishing of a relationship to be peaceable and friendly and, and healthy. Now it says here that since Christ is the creator and sustainer of all things that his death provides reconciliation for all things. Now what did Paul mean by that word all? Well first off let's consider what reconciliation means for humanity. You see, there can be no peace between sinful humans and holy God. And because people are born into sin, we can't ever make ourselves good enough to be acceptable to God. But when Jesus came, He substituted His perfect life for our sinful lives. He took the penalty for our sin that we deserve because the penalty is death. He went to Calvary's cross and died there to pay the penalty of our sin. We're guilty. But Jesus took the punishment. Thus, he redeemed us from the power of sin and reconciled us to God. But the reconciliation isn't just limited to humankind, to mankind, because when mankind chose to sin, all of creation was affected. And all of creation needs to be reconciled. You remember how God created all of creation? It was good. It was good. It was good. It was good. good. We look around now, we know it's not good. Something changed. It changed when Adam and Eve made that decision. Not only do humans need to be reconciled, but all of creation needs to be reconciled as well. The world is filled with decay and death, and so it can't fulfill its intended purpose. But someday, creation is going to be liberated. That's what Paul wrote in in his letter to the Romans. Chapter 8, he said, For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who His children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. All creation is going to be free from death and decay. The older I get, the more I decay. I don't like it. I am looking forward to being free from death and decay, aren't you? So is creation. Revelation, Jesus said, Behold, I make all things new. He has a plan for a new heaven and a new earth. He's going to fix it all. He's going to make it like new. Verse 21, And you... Who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. So, Paul here gives the reason why we need reconciliation. We've been alienated from God, we've been separated, we've been estranged, we've become his enemies. We're hostile to God in our thoughts and our deeds. But the aim of reconciliation is holiness. Christ did what He did in order that we might be presented holy and blameless and above reproach. Now, are we holy and blameless and above reproach? No, if we're being honest, we're not. There's this word that's found in the Scriptures, justified. And it's been uh, described as meaning just as if. And see, we're justified in Christ just as if we had never sinned, and can therefore be presented holy and blameless and above reproach before Him. Verse 23, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you've heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. You know, when I see that word if, it makes me a little nervous. It's a conditional statement. In order for this, you have to have this. If you continue in the faith, you put your faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, don't go playing around trying to find something else in case it doesn't work out. Don't try to augment it. Uh, All we have, all all we need is in Christ Jesus. We need to continue in the faith, stable and steadfast. And one of the tricks the devil is going to try to pull on you is to make you question whether or not God still loves you. If you still have that relationship, especially after you've done something wrong. Did you know that two out of the three temptations that Jesus had in the wilderness began with the words, if you're the Son of God, are you sure you're the Son of God? Are you sure God still loves you? How do we know that God loves us? Because he's faithful. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Just hang on to Jesus. They'll give up on our faith. These verses... If anyone's ever confused about who Jesus is, just bring him here. These verses answer the question who is Jesus? He is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn over all creation. By him, all things were created. He's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. All God's fullness dwells in him. Through Christ, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things. Because of who he is, we ought to obey him. We ought to love him for what he's done for us. And we ought to worship him for who he is. Christ's death has provided a way for us to come to God. He has dealt with the sin issue that separated us from God. And if we come to Jesus Christ and accept Him as our Savior and our Lord, then we have reconciliation through His death on the cross. Now there might be some among us this morning who have got some questions. And I want you to know that I'm going to be available after our service to talk with you. If you've got some questions, I'd like to try to answer them. But we also have some incredibly wonderful people right across at the Hospitality Center who are there to answer any questions you might have as well. And it might be about Christ, it might be about the Bible, it might be about the church, it might be about salvation, it could be anything. And, and uh, they'd love that opportunity to, to get to know you and uh, to answer any questions that you might have. Why did God do all of this? Through Christ? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Thank you, Lord, for loving us so much for providing for us our every need in time and eternity, for saving us from our sin, and for adopting us as your very own children so that we can address you as our Father. Lord, we are surrounded by people who live in darkness. They don't know why they're here. They don't know where they're going. They don't know what it's all about. They have no purpose, and they have no hope. they're seeking. And Lord we ask you to make us sensitive to the prompting of your Holy Spirit so that when you bring those people across our path you'll prompt us to open our mouth and when we open our mouth that you'll put your words in our mouth for that person. Thank you Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen, indeed. That's Pastor Leighton Sheely. This is a broadcast called Study Verse by Verse, and it's an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. More details about the church are on the website highlands.us. We're a nonprofit outreach. We depend upon your financial support. If at this particular time you're unable to share a contribution with us, You can do something also very important for the ministry. Let us know that you listen. Put that information into a note when you click on the contact link on the homepage. That's highlands.us. More information about this broadcast ministry is on the web at studyversebyverse.com. As always, you can listen to any of our past broadcasts when you go to the website highlands.us and click on the messages link. I'm Mike Trout. Have a blessed rest of your day and come back on Monday when we'll once again open the Word of God and continue our study in the book of Colossians verse by verse.